It's Monday. The clock shows the time. Come closer. Hear the knock on the door. Welcome to the House of Mystics. Welcome back to the House of Mystics podcast. And today I am accompanied by Tabitha, Brandy, Lisa, Blaine, and Patrick. The goat. The goat. <laughs> okay, now he got that out of his system. <laughs> and, Welcome back. Yes. And today we are, since we have been talking about a lot, you know, spirits of the dead, beloved dead, uh, demons, and these kind of entities, um, today we decided that we are going to talk about how to, you know, how to deal with them how to deal with them, how to get rid of them, and, and you know, to help our audience uh, to understand some of the things that they can do, right? Um, first of all, um, when we go to a, to a haunted place or a place that has some sort of uh, manifestation of the spirit, right? Uh, would you say that you just go in there and just start smoking everything? No. You gotta set the mood or set the environment up to be a more of a coercive or safe place because you don't know what you're dealing with. You just cannot um, presume that this is um, just gonna be, oh yeah, I'm gonna just, you know, push it right out the window and it's gonna go away. It's gonna take some time and you need to be set you need to get ready and you need to be prepared for it. It could be a long time, a long haul. I like that you said that you have to be prepared. How many of you, uh, before you do a cleansing or a clearing of space, open an object, right? Uh, do some working on, on themselves. Well, you have to, because if you don't have yourself protected from whatever it is that you're going to be cleansing or clearing, you have the capability of taking that onto you. So you have to not only be cleansed, but you have to have some type of shielding happening at the same time. Okay, shielding. So you would say, or any idea would say that you would carry uh, an item of protection or just an energetic shield? Depends on your practice. Or yeah, depends on... Three. Yeah, and depends on... Exactly, there's multiple types of different things you can use. Yeah, because I'm thinking, if you go to a place and you're going to get... Uh, you're going to deal with a spirit... Or an entity, right? Uh, if you've never been to that place, right? The first thing that you think is like, okay, I need to figure out what I'm dealing with. So you need to carry like multiple types of protection, not only one for the dead, or <clears throat> sorry, one for uh, I don't know a demon, right? You you have to have multiple kinds of protection when it comes to this, right? Right? Um, <clears throat> what would be the, the if, if you're prepared and let's just say that you have done your protections or even a blessing on yourself um, and you walk in, um, what kind of spirits do you think you're going to encounter? Or uh, would you try to figure out what kind of spirit it is if we're talking about the dead? Well, first of all, you have to decide and figure out if it's something that's attached to the place or attached to a person within the place. That's a big thing to look at when you go in, because if you're addressing something in a home and it's not necessarily attached to the home, it's attached to a person, 
in the home, then you're completely wasting your time. You're just going to piss off whatever's going on there and it's still going to be attached to that person. So you have to figure out what it is and where it's attached. Or if that person's not even there. What if it was <clears throat> attached to the person, but the, you went in there and the, that person <clears throat> wasn't there and all you're getting is a, re a residue of what was and then you start doing your stuff and then you cleansed it, you've done everything else and then all of a sudden then the person comes back and brings it full force and now you're back at ground zero. You really need to do your homework. You really need to take the time. You need to, you know, uh, focus on the environment and, and pretty much ask a lot of questions. I mean, and just and sit there and maybe just bring up some more, bring up the energy in the place, a, a good energy, not bad. And then you can try to figure it out, you know, and, and just wait and see if you're going to be welcomed or not welcomed. You know, another thing that I think is really important is that you um, check your emotions, you know, that you make sure that you're at a good place when you go in, because if you, you know, you, you could get something attached to you if you're like angry or in the wrong, you know, emotional state. So that's another thing that you should be worried about more than just your protection charms or spells is also that you're in the right state of mind. Yeah. That you're true. not going to. That is very true. So um, um, that being said, would you say then that going to cleanse a space is just more than go in and just start doing whatever you're doing? You actually have to, <coughs> I'm sorry, look at the background. Oh, absolutely. Place, right? Yeah, you have to, I mean, literally you have to sit down with whoever is there and get an idea of what's going on. You know, you can't just walk in and be like, hey, I'm here, mother, you know, you have to find out exactly what's going on and what you're dealing with. Yeah, so yeah. would you guys say that then you have to interview Absolutely. the person that is there, mm -hmm. but you also have to interview the spirit that is there? Yes. Right. You have to find out what you're dealing with. You can't just go in blazing. So... I'm sorry. I don't know what it is, but we're talking about getting um, um, getting rid of of spirits, and we all have like a itch in our throat. Yeah. And and uh, before we started recording the podcast, um, um, we actually did a test, and we actually captured. Uh, a sound when nobody was talking uh, with the microphone, right? And today we have an extra chair on the round table because yes, we are sitting down on the round table. And I feel I feel like this spirit is actually manifesting through <laughs> some of us. <clears throat> so going back to our topic, so you interview the people or the person that lives in that space. Also, you try to communicate with that spirit. If you're communicating with that spirit, <clears throat> what would be the what would be the questions that you would ask that spirit? Or how would you interact with that spirit? Anybody wants to peaceful, uh, kind, you start out with, you know, uh, I'm here not to you know, 
we're not here to interfere. We're here. We're at this point in time. We're here to figure out why we have a lot of questions. Are you willing to work with us? Are you, um, um, and basically, uh, we're there as like mediators. We're just there to um, to calmly, peacefully, uh, in a good <clears throat> nature, um, and just you know figure out what he you know what it is, and, and see if we can feel that it's either a angry spirit. Uh, a sad spirit or a um, a demonic spirit. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So uh, you wouldn't, we would not provoke it. No. Respect. So you don't go in there and say, is anybody here who's here? Do you have a message for me? <laughs> Those are things that I would not do in, in a situation like this, definitely. So let's kind of review with what we said. So uh, we prepare ourselves, right? Uh, anybody wants to share um, a form or an idea on how to prepare yourself for I'm a something like that? Huge fan of spiritual baths or cleansing. I mean, not necessarily baths; it can be showers, but cleansing showers or protective showers, what have you. Those Grounding. are big with me. Grounding, ground yourself um, <clears throat> before you go in. Um, Find you uh, find out who you are, and and then even you know cleanse yourself, and uh, the, obviously the bath before you even start that day would be, and then just get to the place and ground yourself and make yourself a, a your place is sacred. You know, put your charms on if you have them, um, and uh, just. Um, um, Work yourself first, you know, and then you can go in there and be strong. Um, um, one of the things that I like to do every time that I've, that I've gone to do a cleansing <coughs> and I feel like, you know, that I'm probably going to do with the spirit. Yes, I prepare myself mentally, spiritually and emotionally. But in the moment that I arrive and I start to walk around the, the place, I start doing uh, like a small prayer in my head, right? depending uh, what do I feel that day or that night, right? It could be one of the spirits that I work with that is Santissima Muerte, and I <clears throat> probably gonna do a prayer so she can watch over me, right? Because that kind of spirit actually will watch over you or my ancestors or the dead that walk with me, right? So, you know, everybody has their own way of doing things. Anybody want to add to that? Uh, no. I do that. I like protect me, be with me, walk with me. Um, you know, for whatever is to come. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and and again, there's no wrong way to do it. I I would also advise every everybody that is listening to us that you know you find your own way. You know because that is very personal. So. Um, so if you if you are able to identify, are they playing with your hair? Yes. There's a spirit here, and oh, it's, yeah. it's playing with Brandy's hair. Um, <clears throat> so if you are in this home and 
this is a spirit that is sad. How would you approach it? With tactfully? Yes, tactfully, with respect, you know, try to have some understanding and empathy of why it would be sad. Just like you would a person, exactly. Exactly. You, you, you actually said a, a very key word, empathy. When, we, when we're dealing with a spirit that is sad, we try to empathize. But the, 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 the risk of empathizing with a spirit of sadness is that we also can experience that sadness if we're not careful. But that is the right way to do it because you need to understand what that spirit is going through. You don't know if the spirit is stuck in the moment of death. You don't know if the spirit is just feels abandoned. So you have to take all that into consideration because you're dead doesn't mean that you don't feel and that you don't love and that you don't suffer. And just because they're dead doesn't mean that we would treat them any differently than they we would if they were alive. Exactly. There are people and there are traditions or practices where, you know, you can control the dead or you dominate or you force them to do things. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of times you're going to get a lot more bees with honey than you are. You know, you're going to get a lot farther respectfully than you are if you're trying to force something to bow to your will. Yeah, this is why uh, in necromantic practices, when, when, when we're going to work with the spirit, you know, there are different types of necromancers, right? Mm -hmm. But I always like to commune with the spirit unless this is something that I really want to be done. And again, I'm not going to go to a random person or a spirit that I found. It's going to be more like, again, I go to the graveyard, I pick, I make some sort of uh, negotiation or conversation with the spirit, but I don't force it. Right. Okay, so what about if it was a spirit that was angry? What would be your approach? Calm. I would be indifferent, like nothing phases me. I would go in there to listen. Again, understanding. Okay. So, yes, I agree with that. <clears throat> understanding to listen. I think that. But oh, also, assertive understanding. Assertive in control. Mm -hmm. Not aggressive, assertive. Yeah, I also uh, like what you said about being indifferent. Not indifferent that you don't care, but indifferent towards the anger. Like, right. Whatever you say, whatever you do, I'm still here. You're not going to, you know, scare me away. You're not going to intimidate me. Exactly. So a lot of anger, angry spirits, when you go in there, they want you to feel fear or they want to get some emotion to start up in you. And we've been to houses like that with spirits and stay calm and observe and see your way out of the situation. Just observe and wait. Not everything needs to be reacted at the same time. Well, and also if you react, they're going to feed mm -hmm. on that reaction, the, the fear, the anger, the uh, out of control, the chaos, the <clears throat> everything that they want you to fear, they want you to experience is now their dinner plate. They're going to use it against you or that where you're at. Yeah, they feed from it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what about if this is a spirit that is a trickster, like the one we have in here tonight? 
that is a trickster. How will you deal with a trickster? It depends on how they're dealing with you. I think you have to be aware of what is coming towards you and how do I say it? You have to, you have to kind of bounce it back in a way that isn't going to, Oh God, how do I even say it? You have to, you have to kind of play the game with it to figure out whether or not what you're working with, you know, if it is a trickster spirit, first of all, and then you have to deal accordingly, I guess, because each one manifests in a different way. Oh, yeah. So you have to be able to kind of figure out how it's playing and kind of play along in order to dominate, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. At least the, the, at least the way that dealt me personally, right? Um, I've dealt with uh, a trickster spirits. I usually uh, establish like I'm the boss. That's what I do. I don't do it aggressively though. You know, I don't do it aggressively. I just try to establish that my energy in that moment is the dominant energy in that space. Aggression is something that they can feed off of. Assertiveness yes. is something they cannot. You can just exactly. be like, you can just be like, I'm not playing that game. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not doing that. Exactly. So um, I know Tabitha has this experience a lot, uh, but what if it's the spirit of a child? You treat it like your mother. <laughs> you're, you're going in there as a parent and <clears throat> assertive, um, and, but at the same time, uh, kind, you know, and not, do not let it, you know, do, it, it could be afraid, it could be everything, but if you go in there, you know, you know like, you know, our little girls are always scared, but uh, Brandy always uh, consoles them. Uh, holds them. Um, you can't hold the spirit, but you know, but still, <laughs> but still, uh, the thoughts that just went through my head. <laughs> but it's that motherly uh, spirit in motherly a nurturing way that can, you know, work through this one to and ask it a lot of questions and figure out what it needs to go move on or or go forth from this point. Yeah, like like uh, Lisa said, um, um, nurturing, right? Nurturing. Because uh, I know at least Tabitha, uh, um, she attracts a lot of children, dead children, right? And uh, usually those types of spirits, what are you looking for is uh, a motherly uh, experience. And sometimes they feel lost. So we do not approach those spirits the same way that's, that you would approach an adult spirit. I usually don't approach them. They just end up following me and trying to move things around. And yeah, it depends on what type of child it is. I tend to hear a lot of crying and things like that. And maybe they're just not happy there. Maybe they do need to where like in necromancy we could we could take them and put them in something else and put them into a better location where they could be uh, able to just relax and, and let go um I, I i love that part about you know the class you know we were able to not just banish them and send them on their way but we were able to help spirits move on and uh, that's, 
you know, that's just what I've uh, I've enjoyed about this whole thing. How do you know if it's a child or an adult? You feel your feelings. Um, your feeling of um, like you and I were um, we're construction and stuff like that, but then all of a sudden you start to feel like you want to play with the toys or you're missing your teddy bear or you're missing your binky. Well, I um, always want to play with my toys. Yeah, uh, you, yeah, you are the wrong person to talk about. You, man. Well, well, at least from my part, right? Yeah, and that's if it is a child, the energy is very different. For me, it's very different. And also the 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 sensation of the spirit, it's lighter. I think that's the best way you can describe it. Now, sometimes it's just that we see it and we see that it's a child. Right? How, uh, how about you? I've seen them. Yeah, but how do you know if they're children when they come to you? For example, every time that we go to a graveyard. I have seven kids. I know how kids feel. Um, it's just a very, com it's where I need, I feel like I want to protect them or if I'm looking out for someone or if I'm just suddenly thinking of my children, there's usually a child around. So how about you, Brandy? Just a more innocent, more light, more young. I mean, honestly, they just feel younger. It, yeah. There's no other way to describe it, really. Yeah, have you had that experience, Lisa? Sometimes you can hear a laughter or a cry or, you know, you, you know, because you hear things. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking the females in the in this panel is because usually children will be more drawn to females, you know, specifically if they're mothers, right? And uh, yeah, these are a different kind of sensation. They feel completely different. Oh, when I go to the graveyard, I can feel, I can instantly pull out or feel that um, that it was a child. I mean, I'm drawn to certain ones and I can walk around and then I was like, I need to go to that one. All of a sudden it will be a child's graveyard. I mean, a great a cemetery. A great, yeah, a great and, and, uh, and I just feel that there's a, it's not heavy. It's not, um, it's not like, um, it's like when, beauty. When we, when the last time we went on the graveyard, we yes. felt a different one. When we went to the Sonic one, when we walked into that gate, the Masonic one, oh, yeah. it was heavy. It was, uh, they you felt like they they had a full life, and and when I'm getting next to a a child one, I feel like it's missing. It didn't finish what it was supposed to do, and I feel sad, or I feel that it uh, it just didn't get its full you know full. You hit a point there. Full <clears throat> life. It yeah. didn't give it. So you don't that you're missing is, something. Yeah, that is one of the the, the, the difference. A child did not have a full life, so you know the energetic signature of that spirit is not as heavy as an adult person that had a full life. That's very good, Patrick. That's cool. We yeah, I like that. New. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to break out the box. I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so. We, I know that we, uh, Lisa mentioned earlier about, um, you know, check yourself, your emotions, right? But what kind of emotion or what kind of emotional state you should be in when we're going to uh, do this, when we're going to cleanse or remove the spirit, what kind of uh, em em uh, emotional state? Healthy, stable, uh, 
you know, you're not too sad, too angry, too out of control. Secure so, in yourself. You know, if you are secured in who you are and your abilities, you're going to go a lot further in this than um, if you're if you had doubt, then they're going to feed on it. But if you walk in like you know what you're doing and you know that you are the the boss of the situation, you're going to go further and you can um, take control and you're going to feel, you know, and you're just going to get things done. And the last thing um, you want to think about before you're going in is um, thinking that you're going to bring something with you or something's going to attach. You don't want to think about what could happen going in, go in with a safe mind, uh, a mind where there's no fear. It's just um, an intention on what you want to do when entering. See, that's why I thought it was really important when you said, Vlad, that, um, you know, you do the little prayer because it's like you're protecting yourself. You're building that shield. You're emotionally good. You have your army with you. You know, you're ready to go in. That's a very good point that you bring up too. It's not only you should have your army that walks with you, but typically a team is better. If you go in with more than one practitioner or one more than one person, you're going to get a lot more accomplished and you have different people that have different abilities and able to see and feel and, and work in different ways. Then that's, a lot more effective than just going in it's by your yourself. Security team. Yeah. Uh, like something happened to Tabitha when you when you when the, uh, we went to some place and she started wandering off in the graveyard <laughs> and she just we were just doing a seance out there and uh, we were doing a necromantic class and all of a sudden she just felt something and she just needed to go away but she wasn't going in uh, away from the situation in a normal way and we really knew that something was wrong but our the support team that was with us at the graveyard was able to reel her in keep her safe and surround her with the, the energy the light? no no, no. <laughs> sorry 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 I have to. um energy uh, the the we went in with the right energy the right focus and we were able to keep pull her back in and and still be able to finish what we were doing at the gravesite and we and she was safe enough that we could walk away. And then if we needed to, she could come back after she regrounded herself and was able to focus back in on the situation. We did not just leave her, but if you go by yourself and you get in that situation and you are uh, unable to um you start feeling like you're not focusing the right way or you're something's going on you're you're feeling a flutter in your heart or you're feeling like you can't breathe at that point in time i think you're outmatched and you just need to leave and refocus the next day and you're then then you can you know come to it at a different point yeah i and i can validate all that every time that i've gone to uh and by the way i have no problem with love and like not a problem at all uh, but it yes. sounded fun. Uh -huh. Um, but uh, Lisa's I, gonna kick you under this table. <laughs> oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I can validate all that. Why? Because uh, every time that I've done a cleansing, I never go alone. Tampa always goes with me. And yeah, it works like a tag team kind of thing. Like, you know, sometimes I'm doing something and she's like, oh, in here, I feel this here, or this is what I'm picking up right now. And, you know, having a team, like Brandy said, it, it helps you to get things done, not only faster, but more effectively. I remember going to one house the first time we did cleansing together, maybe one of the first times where I went into the room and felt that there was some very strong energy there and you went outside and there was like a railroad stake. Oh yeah, yeah. But that was, yeah, but that was a curse. Yeah. Yeah, somebody asked, cursed this man and actually, um, I was doing a cleansing in the home and uh, she told me about his bedroom, right? That it felt in a, in a specific part of the bedroom very strong. So I went out because I was pulled out and right there next to his bedroom, uh there was a railroad stake right there right there and uh the energy was was not nice it was not good it was definitely a curse and he had actually two of them that it was anchoring the home but not anchoring it uh for a positive thing it was to keep him um, um stuck so yeah we have to take uh care of that So let's just say that let's move up, let's move along a little bit from, from what we're talking about. Um, and this is it's gonna go a little bit more into witchcraft and necromancy. Um, do we think or you know what are the opinions? Do you, we need to raise energy for this? It depends. It would depend. Sometimes you're gonna have to tone down the energy. So it depends on what kind of energy you walk into. You're going to gauge the situation and you're going to react accordingly. Whether you have to raise it up and actually entice or provoke whatever it is to come out, or you have to calm down the energy and ground whatever is happening. So an aggressive spirit, you need to tone it down. Yes. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and if it is a very sad, maybe you need to maybe um, mm -hmm. bump it up. Exactly. Yeah, it just depends on what you walk into and what you find and what you feel. If it's a child, we need to change it completely from that to... A more loving mm -hmm. energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I like this. I like this because um, you are absolutely right. Depending on what we're encountering, is how we gonna use what about a trickster are you bringing it up bringing it down a trickster if it is the spirit of a trickster at least in my experience and, and anybody can have their own opinion on this uh but um i don't raise it i am just very assertive i don't try to raise the energy around me i just try try to maybe raise my own energy Maybe look maybe bigger, stronger than I am. Does that make sense? Yep. Like I'm and not somebody that you can mess with. Yes. Assertive. Back to assertive. Right. Assertive. With a trickster spirit, you're they're basically trying to fuck with you as much as possible. Yeah. But if you're assertive, they can't. There's nothing to feed off of. There's nothing that they can work with. They just hit yeah. a brick and, wall. And basically. How about that we have a, a spirit, right? that is uh, weak 
And I'm not talking about a weak character or a weak identity. I'm talking about that it's a spirit that still manifests, but it's not a spirit that has a lot of strength or energy. That's when you might want to raise energy. Yeah, yeah, I, I believe so. I believe so. Um, anybody wants to add anything to that? No? Okay, so let's continue. And remember, for our listeners, if you have any suggestions or questions, please interact with us. And uh, we will do our best to answer those questions for you. So moving along. So let's talk about types of cleansing, right? And I'm going to go through a few, and I want to have you know, your take on a few of these, and then maybe we can talk about uh, what would you do or what type of cleansings do you use, right? How about smoke cleansing? What about it? It, it? Would that be suitable for getting rid of a spirit? No. Only if you're making the space safe. Um, you're, but it's not going to have an effect on the what you're to do with the spirit. You're only using that to cleanse your body, cleanse your your senses, and cleanse the uh, the space so you could actually start working. Okay. How about how about if I say if this is residual energy? That would, would work for a cleansing. Yes. Smoke. The right? Smoke cleansing would work. Mm-hmm. So you would say that smoke cleansing is good as for maybe energy that is trapped. Stagnant, Stagnant. energy. You're just looking at, at residual stuck energy, but I feel like spirit energy is a little bit of a different situation. So let's just say sage. God, no. I'm just asking, would that work on <laughs> a spirit? It would work on a no. It would end. It would erase the energy of the room. It would not erase a spiritual energy. And an indigenous person used using it to cleanse their mind and cleanse their spirit to get closer to their ancestors and their people that they were using. It's not a way to pull in uh, a. It's not a tool of banishment. No, no, it's not. It's a, it's their, it's their way of getting that they used for their ancestors, their, their people to worship. It was a. I like that for sickness too and things like that. Just to cleanse them. It's not something that we would pull in just to take to a, you know, some house that has got a a spirit in it. That's not what it was used for. It Mm -hmm. was used for just basically for them to worship. Now, I think that it's also for me to say that's part of not part of my practice that I use, but I'm not going to hash on anybody else that does as well, because if that's part of your practice, that's fine. That's up to you. I'm not going to tell you what you can and cannot do. Yeah, but I I mentioned sage. I didn't say white sage. Uh, I, I do like sage. No, it's <laughs> not, it was not a trick. It was not a trick. There are, and, and there are, yeah, multiple There's different, different kinds. kinds. There are multiple different kinds of sage, yes. right? But still, they kind of hold the same kind of, kind of correspondence. Mm-hmm. It's for 
kind of clearing space. Yes, it's an eraser. Yep. Basically, I think it clears energy it. and mm -hmm. it's also, you know, like sanitizer in a way. Like oh yeah, when, when, when we look at, at, at when we look at the <laughs> um, at the at the properties of the plant itself, mm -hmm. is very sanitizing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, how about rosemary? Rosemary is very good for banishing good. energies that are a little bit stronger. Okay. How about benzoin? I don't work with that. Eh. I know if you put it under your bed, it's good for nightmares. How about frankincense and myrrh? Frankincense yes. and myrrh? They, they de depends. That'll draw in spirits. I've used that for <laughs> Okay, the reason why I'm saying all this and, and, and throwing all this, uh, let's just say, uh, herbs and, and, and resins is because sometimes it's not just one, it's the combination of, mm -hmm. of, of a few, right? Um, for example, like Brandy said, frankincense and myrrh is good for drawing in spirits, right? So if you want to draw in probably a spirit, you know, you could use that. It depends on your practice too, right? Uh, for, but for, for example, um for banishments and exorcisms when energies or entities are being removed from a space or from people there is a combination of um of herbs that is used for that right i think there's a few no I there's think, a few yeah, yeah there's yeah. a few it's not only it's not only like the main three it's not only like this only mm -hmm. three no because my people would use actually benzoin okay um, frankincense and myrrh, mm -hmm. um, uh, mugwort, mm -hmm. right? And we would add garlic. I was just going to say a, a favorite of mine, rosemary, garlic, and camphor. Yeah, that, that is a really good combination. A really good one too. Now, when we say garlic, we're talking about the garlic peels. Yeah, the peels. Not the actual garlic itself, but the peels yeah, of the, the garlic. It's the peels Stinks of the garlic. like hell. Yeah, but that's what you want. You don't want, uh, you exactly, don't want to make exactly. it smell, smell pretty. No. Because, again, it smells pretty, it smells sweet, it's inviting. Yep. If it, means, it smells sour, stinks, it repels. So keep that in mind uh, for our listeners. So let's let's move to waters. Let's move to waters. Um, and uh, with waters, I want to include in this one oils. Okay. And because it's liquid. Not that they're both waters. Like Florida water? Yeah, good example. It's Florida water for, to repel spirits. It's for cleansing. It's for cleansing? So you would you cleanse energies? Yes. Not spirits. Not spirits, energies. Okay, I, I actually agree with that. Anybody has a different opinion on that? Okay, so how about, and this, yeah, it's a kind of a trick question. How about, uh, Root water. Root water? Yeah. Root water is going to protect you. Exactly. It's going to cleanse you. It's going to banish things from you. From you, not the a space. End. Right. Exactly. Very good. Oh, I love this. I love Sorry. this. And I love that I'm having coffee right now. Um, <laughs> at 1030. Yeah, I know, right? 1030 and then like I sleep so well. Um, so any, any other waters that anybody wants to bring in? Because again, there are different waters that are within different practices, right? Uh, well, you got the good old fashioned holy water that 
people use <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, all the time that you see in the movies and the Catholic Church uses that's supposed to be the most powerful thing in the world. That, uh, but we can make holy water. I'm, I make holy water. I, I did. Can make moon water. Yes. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> but I truly think that it just a a water that has been blessed, that has been grounded and has been uh, used in your practice. You with a couple of drops of oil or whatever you put in this water will have the same effect as if you use the same one from the Catholic Church. If you went in and dipped your little vial and took and put the little you know plunger in it yep. and, and brought it to your practice. I so think. would you say that that would be good for removing spirits, holy water? If it's got the right intentions. And the right energy and the what you put into it, yes. How about if this? Yeah, what would you want to say? What about if um, those people were Catholic? My point. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I was going. Do you? Yeah, go ahead. If they were Catholic or Baptist or any, you know. Christian. Well, how about if the spirit was Catholic? Mm-hmm. So you want they to use it. their ways. <laughs> that they are used to, to to get rid of this entity. Exactly, but what if the spirit that we're talking about has no fear of any kind of Christian? Then you... Then it's not going to affect them. No, you use what it's going to have a fear of. Exactly. You go exactly. with the pantheon that it identifies with. Because there's it, other... It's the only thing that's going to work. But if it's stubborn and you can't figure it out, then you need to start figuring out a, a sigil or something that would you know, identify with this person. And it may take you a while to figure, go through all the sigils and the uh, to actually get it to actually start opening up and to make it work. You're not if if it's not going to let you know who it is, it's going to take everything we have in our little witch bag to make this work. Yeah. Again, we have many ways of, of doing this, right? Uh, let's, let's move on to powders. Cascarilla. Cascarilla. Mm-hmm. Anybody? Hot put powder. Graveyard dirt. No, you went by for the. I'm went, sorry. The I'm throat. sorry. <laughs> That's how I roll. What? I don't fuck around. Yeah, you went by for the throat. Yeah, graveyard dirt. That's very true. Graveyard dirt. Um, um, uh, in Brujeria, we we bring graveyard dirt to do uh, uh, to remove a spirit, right? And there are different ways to do it. One is actually sweeping the graveyard dirt from the floor, right? Um, and, uh, and and it's very effective, very very effective. Um, and any other powers that anybody who said hotfoot? Nobody. I mean, she did. Oh, did no, no, no. I don't think so. so. Somebody said I heard Hotfoot. Oh no, Hotfoot powder. Yeah. Yeah, I got. Okay, so how about Hotfoot? Hotfoot for a spirit. Well, I mm. I like to um, cleanse also with my broom and do that, and with I hot feel foot? yeah, and I feel like that works well. I mean that I've done that before, and I feel like that works well. My grandma used to also put like the salt around the thresholds, yeah. and you know. Sweet the spirits. Huh? Yeah, the, the salt is used in brujeria a lot. A lot. It's used in many different types of 
Cult practices, yeah. etc. Yes, and I know that within witchcraft, uh, there are some that believe that you know that um, that salt is not good for for protection or removing anything. It just kind of neutralizes, right? But that's the point. I mean, neutralizing is a point because the thing the thing about it is when you're cleansing something, you're going to be getting rid of an energy. What have you got when you get rid of an energy? A space. You then have to fill up that space with something so whether you're using salt or whether you you're using a smoke cleanse whatever you're using you then have to bring something in afterward to replace that energy whether it's you know another different type of smoke or you know a different sound you know something keep jumping, keep jumping. <laughs> <laughs> another thing you can use i believe is brick dust if you um, spell it, not just normal brick dust. Um, 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 I, I like brick dust for not allowing things entering. Yeah. Warding. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, warding. That you use it around the property yeah. to keep right. something from, from going in. in. Yes. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. So it would be a combination of things. Yeah, you would do the cleansing and you can put the, the brick dust around. And I can see how. Um, 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 every time that I've used hot foot, usually hot foot, I've, I've, I've used it as a boundary. Mm -hmm. And I've also used hot foot for like... Repelling people? Re yeah. Removing uh, things, removing yes. Removing things. So yeah. I can people. see how... I've just used it to clear my space out. With, you know, uh, I think it's all in the intention too. You know, you're cleaning it out. You are intentionally sweeping it out. Yeah, no, no. I completely, I completely get what you're saying. Um, um, and, and, and um, again, you know, different practices, different beliefs, and we all have uh, kind of a different uh, way of doing things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that that's the beauty of, of witchcraft, that there are so many branches to it. Okay, so how about fire? Fire is great for cleansing. Yeah, specifically if you burn down the house. Burn it down the house. How would you use fire? I'm going to start with that, right? Um, sometimes I've, I've used fire to actually attract a spirit, to actually uh, put it in a candle because I've done that before. I okay. use the energy of that of that candle, the energy of, that, of the element of fire to actually attract. Right, and you actually—I want to say that you actually can see it in the flame when when the so spirit like, is right. it, it's, it's like coming in, right? And as soon as that spirit is in, candle out, and then I take it to a graveyard or wherever I need to take it. Um, anybody here has used like fire for? No, I use it for fire scrying to actually see if um, what's what's in the room um because if i look at it and i can concentrate on it i can actually see um last time we were doing uh our workings um we lit and we had the fire in our class and i was able to see it was a mother and her child and something uh, terrible had happened to the child and but you could see the mother holding the child in the fire and that's how we knew that she was in our in our room or what we were trying to figure out and talk to her about so yeah. you setting a fire at the location if you're and you're having trouble figuring out this entity 
maybe you can actually look at the fire and you're able to see maybe some things that would help you figure out who this is. Okay. Okay. So you will use it as a tool of communication. Yes. Okay. Uh, anybody with an idea of how to use or, you know, use fire for removing an entity besides burning down the house? <laughs> um, well, fire, um, um, you can actually walk through a home holding fire. Right. Okay. Or in the center, like, or, place it in the center of the room and you can draw the energy into the fire. Exactly. Exactly. And you can actually do that through a mill. Yes, absolutely. Right. Obviously you are removing something. So you do it counterclockwise. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good, good. How about sound? Sound. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Sound. I think the sound is favorite for a lot of people. I think it is. I think it is because I think a lot of people, it just, you know, if they can't use the smoke or they can't use whatever it is, they don't go with sound. Plus it just sounds good. So but a lot of religions use sound. So mm -hmm. I think that why would we not use it if everybody else is already using it too? Well, actually they stole it. So yes, that's <laughs> fine it changes the vibration. Yeah. The mm -hmm. yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, what kind of sounds? Clapping. You can clap. Bells. 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 The drums. 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 Banging pots and pans. I love the finger, the, 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 the two, uh, finger symbols. Yeah, yeah, finger, yeah I like the finger <laughs> symbols. Oh, no, 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 We know sign language. <laughs> so yeah, sound, right, drums, yelling, bells, yelling, yelling, the yeah. sound balls. Yeah, like get the fuck out. The symbols. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's wind it. Chimes. Wind. Yes, wind chimes. Wind chimes. The, the good thing about wind chimes is that you actually set them up. Yes, they are excellent wards. Yeah, excellent wards and and it, excellent tethers. Yes. They are. Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. How about tuning forks? Tuning forks, yeah. yes. I haven't got a lot of experience with tuning forks, but I don't see why it wouldn't no, exactly. in any way. No, yeah. Also, at the same time, you're changing the frequency of yes. the space. And you can also put it on your body and change the frequency of whatever it is yes. you've got. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yes. Tuning forks are actually are very good also for, for cutting cords. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. That's not a, something I would have thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, if the person is ready. Well, we're going to have to do a podcast on cutting cords because oh, there's yeah. a lot of misconceptions about that. Oh, yeah. There's a lot. Don't get me started. What? You can't just put two candles in a cord together? No, you can't. Are you sure? Oh, yes. I'm oh, sure. but but TikTok says you can. Well, that's kind of a binding. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> I'm okay, sure I'm that. done. I'm okay, done. Yeah. If it's on TikTok, that's it. Yeah, we're done with that one. Um, but, yeah, sound is good. Doesn't matter. It could be you slamming the door. Mm -hmm. It could be you stomping mm -hmm. on the floor. As long as you're making sound, what is what is needed? It's not only your energy, your intention, and obviously, even if you're using any other tool—smoke, water, fire, uh, powders—you have to say something out loud. Yeah. You have to, you cannot just like 
you, you don't do that, right? You, you, your voice is your, your biggest, voice is your biggest weapon. Exactly. You know, like bring peace to this home. I banish all negativity. Get the fuck out and bring positive energy or whatever you're trying to bring in. Good. It like doesn't this. mean you have to go around yelling it. You can say it quietly if that makes you more comfortable. Oh, yeah. But it does need to be audible because it needs to be, you need to fill the space of the room with the sound. So, so yeah, leave the goat home. You can leave your goat home. Yes, okay, please. I'll leave the goat yeah. home. Thanks. All right. So, uh, uh, how about can a blessing remove something? No. No. It no. Can't. It cannot. You would bless something after it's been removed exactly. so that nothing can come back. Yeah, this is why you see a lot of, uh, I don't want to say, Again, I don't want to talk about any bad about anybody's belief, but you see somebody that has a problem in their home and they call the the, the, the Catholic Church, come bless my home. That's not going to get rid of anything. If you truly have something there, you're not going to be able to get rid of anything with just a blessing. This is why what happens when a, when a, when a priest goes to your home? They come with that little thing Build, the sensory, yeah. To cleanse. To cleanse first, and then he blesses. First you banish, then you cleanse. Even in Christianism, they do that. Well, at least Catholic churches, right? Because uh, the other ones, they don't do it. Um, a banishment. Getting, removing a spirit from a home or a place. Does it always require a banishment? No. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. What about forcing the spirit to cross over? It can be done. It doesn't have to be done, and it should be a last resort. Yeah, it should be. Again, that's my, my practice. It would be a last resort, but I can't speak for other people because a lot of people, that's their go-to. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like crossing uh, spirit over by force. Again, we're back to respect. We, don't, we can relocate it. You can relocate it. But if you are dealing with a spirit that you have tried everything, then I would say force that spirit to cross over. I would say that. As a last resort, yes. As a last resort. And, and sometimes it has to be done. Yeah, sometimes it has to be done. But not I'd the rather, majority of the time. No, not the majority of the time. This is I hate when somebody, well, well, let's cross over the spirit. I open the gates of whatever and walk into the light. No, you don't do that because you don't know what unfinished business the spirits have. You don't know it. Okay, and I'm not going to get into the explanation of it because it's going to be too long. <laughs> right? So... Let's just say that this is kind of a demon. Would you use a banishment? I would assume so. Right? right. That is not, that's Unless your you area of expertise. Yeah, well, definitely, <laughs> definitely it would be a banishment, right? That doesn't mean an exorcism because then you have a demonic entity. And again, I'm not saying that all demons are bad or all demons are good. I'm just being from a neutral point, 
right? You have a demon in your home or, or, or an entity that is that, you know, that low vibration, you have to banish it, right? You have to banish it. You cannot interact with it in the sense of, okay, what do you want? What do you need? Let's have a comp. You cannot do that with a demon. You can't. You actually have to banish it, right? And in cases like this, yes, it's banishment because it's not an exorcism because it's not attached to a person, okay? It's a banishment. So, releasing a spirit. Let's just say that spirit wants to move on, wants to leave the property, but it's attached to an object or attached to the property. Would how would you maybe release that spirit? I would if it's if it's attached to an object, and then you can take the object off the property and move it to a location. If it's part of the house, say it's in the null post of the downstairs, take it off the null post, cut it off, and take and remove the null post, and you can go out with it up to and leave the location. Okay, that so is relocate it and relocate it exactly. But how about if it is it's it's not an object, it is not a part of the house, but it's actually a living person that is keeping that spirit there. Then you're going to have to remove the attachment. Exactly. Then exorcism. I would call that more of a deep obsession. Okay. Because the spirit is not the spirit is not attached. Okay, so it's not attached. It's actually the living that is keeping that spirit there. And sometimes the living don't even know that they're doing this. Mm -hmm. I miss you so much. I wish you were here. I miss you. I want to see you again. All those things. Or even anger toward that. Or anger. Whatever it is that's going to keep them there. Or anger. Yes, it's going to keep, um, keep that spirit attached. Not to the place, but... To wherever they go. So you would say then instead of doing a cleansing or a banishment for you to get rid of that spirit or for that spirit to be removed, you actually have to deal with the living person, right? You have to make sure that the person, first of all, is aware of what they're doing. That in itself could handle the problem, but then sometimes you have the fact that they don't want to let that go. They don't, first of all, maybe they can't deal with letting it go emotionally. There's that. Or they want to keep the the spirit hanging around because it gives them some type of uniqueness. It makes them feel somewhat special in a way. So they want to hold on to it for that as well. So it just kind of depends on, you know, what they're dealing with that you have to address. Multiple things, obviously. So you would say that you would have to help that person have some sort of closure if they are able to get that closure. Or willing. Yeah. Majority of the time, if someone's holding on to something that much, they're not willing to let it go. Yeah. And that's a therapy type situation that we're not qualified to deal with. That's very true. That is when the magical meets the psychological. Exactly. Um, I, I also would say that 
and, and this is for the benefit of our listeners, sometimes we miss our beloved dead, our, the ones that we love that are no longer with us. And we get so obsessed that we miss them and we love them and we wish they were, they were here with us that we don't realize the damage we are causing or the pain we are causing to that loved one. Because that is what it is. You are giving them grief. You are giving them sadness. But if you remember the good times, you are giving that spirit something good. But moving on. Moving on, moving on. Wait a minute, hang on. Let's, yeah. I have one thing. If you you said psychological, um, but we're witches. Um, if that person is not willing to let go of their loved ones, isn't, and you said it's psychological, then what the hell are we all witches for? We can do a spell to cut the cord we could do a a jar we we do love spells we do we do uh people to keep them away we keep the bullies away we do everything in our power to do all this stuff the one why the hell are we not being able to do a spell to help the loved one that's a spirit and the human Mugwort or muggler, muggler or whatever the hell you want to call it, the <laughs> uh, cut its ties and gently just separate the two by cutting the cord. We absolutely can, but there is never a replacement for psychological help if it's required. I could, yeah, I could definitely, we could definitely do that. Yeah, there's always a physical aspect to it as well, and and sometimes yeah, it so really requires therapy. Sometimes yeah. it's something that they have to work through with a licensed therapist. Yes, I, well, I mean, if you're uh, if you practice, I mean, you could also do shadow work on yourself. I just have a if you're a practitioner, with, if you're a practitioner, psychological uh, psychologists, they're they they have always in their wheelhouse. They always blame. It's something stupid that, oh, it's your parents or it's your your thing. <laughs> and they always have to put their stupid shit into it that I think we can we can do a spell and help it. There's but never, there is I never. No, I get it. The problem with this is, let's just say, if somebody calls me because they have a spirit, right? And that spirit, I go to their home and that spirit uh, is... Uh, a family member that they loved and they are still grieving. The problem with that, me doing a spell, I can definitely do it, right? But as a practitioner, I have to look at my client and I have to look for my client's well-being first. And because of that, it's not that I cannot do it. I could do it, but I will also advise the person to get psychological help not for the spirit, but for the emotional damage yes. that they have gone through because of that loss, because of that uh, that missing part of their lives, right? Um, but yeah, we can definitely do a spell, you know, to detach and to release. We can definitely do that. But as an addition, 
because I think it's very important to point out that witchcraft is never a replacement for mental health in any way, ever, ever. That always comes first. The mundane, medical, psychological, all of those things come first. Yes. Magic can aid with that, but it will not replace it. I don't think therapy is the only way, though. Shadow work is definitely another way to heal the mind. It is, absolutely. It is, if the person is ready to. If the person it, is ready to do they're prepared that. mentally. I'm just saying yeah. therapy is not the but only choice to mental health. It's not, but also therapy is shadow work. In a way, it is. In, in a way, yeah. What? So, talking as an astrologer, the eighth house rule psychology, death, witchcraft, occultism, so it's all connected in some way. We can't have psychology without healing, without magic. It's all connected. People just have not put those pieces together yet. Now, if you look at Carl Jung, or if you look at other astrologers, they use psychology even in astrology, but that's, that is still connected to magic in the eighth house. So, yeah. Um, I think that a combination of things. Yes, I have a, lot a combination of clients, for sure. A lot of clients come to me as a, as a psychic medium, not only for the dead, but also for, you know, um, for shadow work specifically, right? And and even though that they are meeting with me for shadow work and I'm giving them uh, the tools to do shadow work, I always encourage them uh, to go to a therapist to learn coping skills. Mm -hmm. Right, um, doing shadow work doesn't mean you have coping skills. Coping skills is what helps you regulate your emotions, so you are able to do shadow work. Because shadow work is very intense, right? And I've, I've given, I've teach shadow work. I don't know for how many years, and uh, shadow work is very intense, and not everybody is ready to actually face that dark persona, that dark aspect of themselves. And even if you are, it's not only one day, it's a process. So it's yeah. always good to have coping skills. And I know it's kind of, we kind of like move a little bit away from what we're talking about, but if we go back to that aspect of feeling the loss of someone we love, there are many tools that we can use. And I think that a combination of two, a combination of things can be done to help this person who is going through this. Yes. Yeah, not only magic, but also psychological. I think that it, for me, at least, my opinion, it's very important that somebody is mentally stable. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Because imagine if out of nowhere, I just take your arm and chop it off. You're gonna feel pain, right? Because you're missing a part of your of your body, and it hurts. Spiritually speaking, it's not different. If I remove something that you love so much and you feel that connection, even if it is not a healthy one, and I remove it out of nowhere, it's gonna cause pain. At least that's how I see it. That's a very good point. So, um, since you brought it up, Patrick, mm -hmm. right? Uh, I also, my, 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 my next point here, uh, can we take care of any kind of spirits? And I'm talking about the spirits of the dead, right? With a spell. 
if the person is ready to let it go, or if this is just a random spirit that is in a, in a place on home, can you do that? Define, yeah. take care of. Remove it. Remove it from the, from the place. Yes. Yeah, you can do that. Absolutely. Now, the question is, is, is it going to come back? Okay, because, yeah. <laughs> because the person can bring it back. Not only that. Not only that. Let's just say that I'm doing that, that you, Brandy, are doing a, uh, you're removing the spirit from here and you're doing it and your client is in Alaska. You can remove it, right? Yes. But would you tell your client to take precautions so that spirit would not go back in? Yes. So it's not only up to you, it's also up what? to the client. Exactly. Because then that was my, that's my point because you can take it and remove it and it'll be fine, gone, job done. But like I mentioned earlier, a lot of times the client will get that sense of uniqueness from having that spirit. And then when that's gone, they feel that loss and they're like, oh, I don't have that special thing anymore. And they'll in essence, invite it back. Or maybe they don't, you know, that grief is gone and they're, they're so familiar with that grief that they start to re-amplify that grief and or therefore then brings it back. Yes. So the client is in essence bringing that back and then they're like, oh, you didn't do your job. When exactly. in fact you did your job, but then they brought it back. So you have to kind oh, of yeah. but I thought, them I, how to I keep thought it you away. said that if they were ready to let go, can you do the spell? Yeah, but the, yeah, if they're ready to let go, though, then then they've let go. Yes, right? but if you let the if if your client tells you, "Yo, I'm ready for it," but they can change their mind. Oh, true. Yeah. A lot of times, true. they think they're ready if they're not, but maybe they're, they're not. not. But okay. There's also one other problem with that. We do the spell. The person goes away, or the entity goes away, and that other person is wasn't really ready and changed his mind. It, it just opened a different door. So that that demon may have gone or that loved one may have gone, but that space is void. And now something else just jumped into it. And now we have a total different environment, total different uh, spirit, total thing. And now it's changed. That would be... Because you know, kids messing with one thing, and we and we help them understand that they're doing something wrong, but they really liked it. Now it opened the doorway for something else to come in too, and they just brought it back by not knowing. They just they, they didn't really fix themselves first. I think that this can happen if if, if the right circumstances are there, because I I believe one of the things that I do at least with, with my clients every time that I do a, a cleansing. Right, uh, we have uh, some good friends in the West Valley area, and uh, I've done a couple of cleanses in their home. And one of the things that I tell them, you have to recharge and redo your wards every month because they have kind of a highway through the backyard. Because actually, the backyard actually kind of like is connected to a part that is kind of like just like like trees doesn't belong to no one. Right, it's just nature, and uh, I think that that's important to do. Whenever, if you're doing it, you know, remotely, or you're doing it for a person that you know is not nearby, not only 
if the person is ready and that's not a problem, you also have to tell them, okay, then you have to work your home. Well, and as a practitioner, when you do remove that, you should be calling in something that that client believes in, uh, whether it be their God, whether it be their deity, whether it be, you know, whatever, whatever spirit they happen to believe in. If they don't have any beliefs, then it's what you believe in. You're going to call that into the space to protect it and guard it as well. Yeah, exactly. And, and to watch over it. You bring a really good point. Every time that I've uh, that I've done a, a cleansing or a banishment on my own space, I ask my clients, "What do you believe in?" Mm -hmm. That's something that I always do. What do you believe in? Because you know, I have clients that come to me. No, I am a I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm a Buddhist, and and so you want to invite, and I actually advise them. So. Whenever I'm done and whenever I'm, 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 I'm finished with this, I'm going to invite good energy in, but I would also advise you to maybe do whatever prayer you believe in or, you know, whatever mantra you believe mm -hmm. in so you can, you know, right. claim that space as yours and for your spirituality. Mm -hmm. I think that's very important, right? Um, so let's really quick, like, so if it is a spirit, no sage, no rosemary, right? That's, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. agree on that one, yeah. right? It has to be a very specific approach. Yes. No, but if it is residual energy and energy in general, right? Right. We can yes. use those. Oh, we didn't mention this one. And I actually used it a few times. What do you think about lavender? Lavender can actually cleanse quite yes. well. It can, but I don't think it will cleanse away a spirit. No, it, no, it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. Um, how about memories? Would you cleanse memories? Residual energy. I was going to say memories are residual energy, residual so it would be energy. yes. Yes. Um, I think that when it comes to spirits and removing spirits, there are different techniques and different traditions, right? Uh, right now, in, in, in this very table, you have different kind of practitioners, right? Um, Tabitha is a witch, but she's also an astrologer, right? I believe that she will also use the influence of planets when it comes to a cleansing. And you were mentioning that what planets are those? Pluto, Neptune. Right? Uh, Brandy is a, a basically, a, she's all over the place, but She's also basically a, a, a folk practitioner. You know, that's at least my, the way that I see her as a folk practitioner, right? And she has her own ways of doing, doing things, right? Uh, I believe, Lisa, you are, you are more like... I'm crazy. I'm, oh, okay. I'm Wiccan, but yeah, I, I also kind of dive into open, everything. Open, open... I'm very open-minded, yes. Wiccan. Right? And Blaine, you are basically, you would say, Norse pagan, right? Yeah. yeah. Right? And Patrick, you identify as a goat? No. I work in like dreams. I see things and I, uh, I'm on a level that's, and I'm also learning to be more, um, to grasp my more witch side. Yeah. And, um, you know, the majority of my workings are going to be done with more Brujeria witchcraft in a way. 
uh, right? But from my tradition. So you Which have, is also folk magic. It's also folk magic. Um, so again, you have in here in this round table, like different practitioners that we have very similar um, um, ideas and how to approach things, but also very different ones and different techniques. So again, I feel like, um, I feel like uh, if you need help or you have any questions, right, you should message and send us, well, send us a message in our, in our podcast. Uh, anybody here wants to share their social media? Sure. We, should we leave links or something? Or? Uh, I can definitely, if you... Absolutely. Put yeah, absolutely. We'll Let's, put some links yeah. down there. I would them. love to have some comments or questions from some people that are listening. You know, give us yeah. something to go off of and yeah, yeah, definitely discuss. Definitely. So I'm definitely going to be posting those on uh, with the podcast. So if you want to follow follow us and different social medias, right? And shameless plug, shameless plug for me. My demonology course starts in June third, and I still have spots available so it's going to be available online so if you're interested you can contact me and uh we get you, <coughs> we get you registered okay anybody wants to say goodbye or say anything else <laughs> of course you have to do that sign up sign up yes okay so i hope our I just like to point out the fact that here in the next couple of weeks in Utah County area, we are going to be having a new metaphysical shop opening up. So keep an eye out and look for your advertisements on your local Facebook pages for the Mystic Frog and come on down and see us. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's definitely going to be awesome. Uh, so from us to you, thank you for listening. Um, and I hope you all have a good evening and Let's see what we come up for the next one. Again, send us your ideas. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Bye.